Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to break down what went right and what went wrong during yesterday's game. Severe Reaction is on the air with your host, Michael Severe, and the most important voice of all, yours. Severe Reaction starts now. Powered by Equitable Bank. We take banking personally, only on 1620 The Zone. DC gets the snap, throws it out in the flat, wide yes. open, making the catch is Brewington. He's to the 40, 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, 35, 30, to the 25, and inside the 20, down the 16-yard line. Chance for Brewington with a grab and a huge run after the catch. Washington motions to the near side. Snap back, they give it off to Yant. Oh, no, Casey rolls, steps, throws, has a man downfield. Full collect, makes the catch. 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. That's that guy. We talked about him as an X factor now that he's healthy. Now they'll shift the tight ends from the right to the left of the formation. Snap back. Take the handoff, throw it in the flat. Williams makes a catch. Trying to get away from Quinn. This one drops the football, and the Huskers have it at the 23. Williams just flat dropped it, and Newsom was there to pick it up. Yeah, too busy being busy. I mean, that might have been a house call one-on-one. He had everything in front of him, and his eyes got a little too big. Yep. Back to throw. Backpedaling, being flushed out of the pocket, rolls down the near side, looking, steps, throws, pass intercepted. Sidney Brown with a pick of the 20, up to the 23, 24-yard line. So Purdy with an ill-advised late throw. Late flag comes out, going to have unnecessary roughness on Calvin a- Avery, who shoved down a Husker lineman, Ethan Piper. So it's going to be Illinois ball, but it's going to go half the distance of the goal after the penalty. So they're going to start a drive from their 12-yard line. But well, He's just got to take care of the football. You know, on the interception, he's throwbacks across the field. You know, you learn that first day of quarterback school. Don't throw across your body. Don't throw across the field. Should have just ran the ball because we already ran field goal range. We already had points. And he understood that after. He just, I got to get him ready. I got to get, I got to prep him better. I got to get him ready better. Our, our locker room is so tight. Um, you know, we're brothers in there, and it's a positive locker room right now. Um, you know, obviously it sucks we lost, um, and guys are upset about that, but. Um, we got the 24-hour rule. Going to come back tomorrow. You know, learn from our mistakes. Um, you know, find find what we didn't do well, and uh, you know, we're going to move on to next week and another opportunity. Um, so guys are excited about that, and uh, you know, learn from this one and move on. The 17th-ranked team in the country comes on the road and conquers Nebraska. They beat the Huskers today, 26 to nine. Huskers lose their quarterback Casey Thompson to an injury late in the first half. Had to go the second half without him, and the offense could not get anything going. And the Illini improved now to seven in one. Happy Sunday morning. Welcome to Severe Reaction here on 1620 The Zone. Looking back at yesterday's loss by Nebraska, 26 to nine. We'll go over a number of things. Of course, we'll take your phone calls as well. We'll chat with Stephen M. Sipple after 9:30. 
We'll get into the keys and how they turned out. We'll get into some of the big plays or big mistakes during the game, what changed the game. We'll talk about the quarterback situation. Um, we'll get. We'll talk about what we learned overall, the big things we learned from the game. We'll get into all of that today on Severe Reaction. Of course, the producer of the show is Chance Olivier Oliver Olive Pickle, whatever you want to call him. He is here every Sunday morning, and we appreciate that. Yeah, put whatever you want on your sandwich. Whatever you want to put on there. I don't care what you put on there. It doesn't matter to me at all. Uh, it, what do they always say? Don't call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. That's what the uh, the phrase the old people used to say. Especially me. Yeah, don't. <laughs> I don't even do that, Chance. That's not right. That's not right. Uh, how was your weekend? Pretty good. I know it's not over. Not over. Uh, been all right. Here's what I learned, Chance. You, you learn something every year you get older. Mm. What I've learned is the weekend now is essentially like about, uh, I don't know, 12 hours. Yes. Um, so you get off work. I don't know what time you get off work, but, you know, 5, 6 o'clock on Friday. Yep. You got about six to eight hours on Friday after you get off work to do, you know, whatever. Mm. And then Saturday is essentially, you know, Nebraska. So yeah. I'm up in the morning walking the dog. I am... Um, Looking to see who's coming on, what time games are going to be, kind of get my schedule set where I'm going to try to watch either before the game, going to the game, during the game, after the game. So I got about probably three hours that morning walking the dog, watching some pregame show stuff. Get home. Got home last night around nine or so. Yeah. Watched a couple shows with my wife. That was about an hour or so. And then today... You come here, get up this morning about 6 o'clock, you know, get ready for the show, do the show, go watch the Saints, probably suffer through that. Um, and then essentially the weekend's over. That's it. It's over. The, the weekend's done. By the time 4 o'clock rolls around on Sunday, you're like, okay, what's what I got to do for Monday? You've already moved. Your brain has moved on. The older you get, the shorter the weekend gets. That's that's uh, what I've learned at 53 years old. And this weekend, you have yeah. to buy Halloween candy. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't, um, you, you don't hand out? So, okay, we hand out. All right, all right. We hand out candy. But I will say that my least favorite, and it's not a holiday because you don't get the day off even though the kids are off Monday and Tuesday this week, next week, because the teachers have learned. Yeah. They're too excited before it, and they're way too sugar-rushed downed on Tuesday to bring them in. Children are lunatics. Yes. I am, yes, they are. As a former I, kid. I am not. Me too. I am not a fan. I'm not a Halloween person. Like, I don't dress up. I'm not a huge candy person. Yes. Um. I just not. I, the older thing. I get, the, the the less I like Halloween. Yeah. Like I can't stand. At this point now, I can't stand it. Grown people dressing up and I like, get get out my face. You're spending too much time putting that outfit together. It bothers me. I don't know why. It just does. The older I get, the more I dislike Halloween. And then over where I work, the city papillion, they love dressing up for everything. These are the biggest Star Wars nerds, and I love them for this in the world in that city. They love their Marvel stuff. They love Halloween. They love dressing up. They're huge on this. So there they, they were no less than nine different Halloween things I had to cover over oh, the course no. of the last six days and one more tomorrow. Okay? Trick-or-treating over at the library or something. Anyway, yeah, they love their Halloween. I am not a Halloween guy. I'm just not. I've never been one. I wasn't one as a kid. Never been a Halloween person. But more power to you if you if you love that day. And it being on a Monday makes it worse because now everyone has a Halloween party on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Really? You, you know, Lunatics. Last time I went to a party. 
When? Well, I can't remember. Last time I went to a party. I think the last party I went to, like official, legit party. Wow. I cannot remember the last time I went to. It might have been. Like a Halloween party or just a party party? No, it was like somebody's going away party. Oh. I think the last party I went to, like an actual, we went to a place because they were having a party. Probably was somebody's going away party. That's all I can think of. I haven't been to a Halloween party since um, 2004, three or four. Wow. Amy Josius, former Iowa Bureau reporter at Channel 7, had a party at her house on 52nd Street just between Leavenworth and Center mm-hmm. and went to that. That was 2003, 2004, somewhere in there. That's the last Christmas party I've been to. Now, do you count any work-related Christmas and or New Year's functions? I, I, have, I avoid going to those even more so. Well, yeah. I don't go to a lot of work party stuff. Um, if you count that, I recently just went to a chili feed for, Ch- for City go. of Papillion, if you count that as a party. Um, but, you know, I haven't been to a legit, like, away from work kind of party since I then. I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't drink, so yeah. that eliminates a lot of partying. Um, and I don't know. Just, I'd rather sit at home. I'd rather be at home. Same. Yeah, no doubt about that. Hey, so anyway, yesterday, uh, Nebraska, of course, as you know, falls to Illinois. You know, now drops to 3-5 and five on the season. Uh, four games left, four of the uh, appear toughest, tougher games, because you've got Minnesota next week, which, is, by the way, if you didn't see, it's 11 a.m. next Saturday. 11 a.m. for the game against Minnesota at Nebraska. And then you turn around, and you have the run where you have to go to Michigan, which is going to be brutal, Wisconsin, and Iowa. That's how you finish up in the last four We'll tell you what we learned from yesterday when it comes to those next four um, in terms of how those teams are playing and what it means for Nebraska because it's going to be very tough. Um, I can tell you what I saw through the goggles, um, through the binoculars on Casey Thompson. Uh, I had the binoculars on him when he got hit. I'm sure you saw the replay by now. You can see where the hit happened on his forearm. Now, as you know, the human body's got billions of nerves coursing through all parts of our bodies, all these different synapses and everything, right? It's obvious he got a shock to that forearm enough to where it numbed the nerve in that area to where he couldn't feel his pinky and um, ring finger. You could see it as he was holding it, just staring at it because it wouldn't move. As soon as he first tried to move the pinky, you could see the expression of pain on his face. Um, So that's what it is. Now that simply could be just some sort of junction issue where he had a numbness and it comes back right away. Uh, it could be something that lasts. We learned yesterday that they do not have a functional backup quarterback based off of the way they played. Okay. They had 31 total yards from what I counted in the second half. I know there's some other numbers out there, but that's what I counted 31 total yards in the second half after having, I think two Oh nine in the first. So that's bad, by the way, if you didn't, didn't know. So they don't have a functional quarterback, at least based off of the way they called plays and the way they ran their quarterbacks out there. Without Casey Thompson, there is very little chance they can win any of these four games. With him, I give him probably the best opportunity with against Wisconsin. Back here, I would guess, Minnesota played really well yesterday. If Tanner Morgan's healthy, the size of their offensive and defensive lines would give Nebraska trouble. Obviously, the Michigan game, and then Iowa is a wild card because they can't score points usually. They did score a little bit yesterday. Uh, so we'll get into those final four games. Before that, though, we'll go to the phones, 402-951-1620. It's where Scott is this morning on Severe Reaction. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, you just mentioned quarterbacks. I, I was a little mystified. I mean, you said we don't have a functional quarterback. 
I guess I'd agree we don't have a functional quarterback considering the way our offensive coordinator likes to call games. Yeah, based on the way I they play, like, based on the way they call the game, they don't have a functional quarterback. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. They put, I mean, obviously, uh, Chuba, everybody has a bad day. But Chuba was, the, the way they were uh, hitting up our receivers, going man, bringing five, bringing six, they needed to have somebody that could put the ball right on the money, and that was not Chuba yesterday. So I don't understand why they didn't put Logan's brothers back in and say, you know what, even if Chuba was on, the rush is getting to him almost as soon as he's playing his back foot. Yep. And so I think if you don't have the threat of quarterback running game, considering where our offensive line is, you're in a world where you've got to have an NFL-type quarterback. You've got to have Drew Brees back there to deliver the ball quickly, and we don't have that. So yeah. I think Whipple needs to sharpen up his pencil and say, okay, how do we incorporate run game, quarterback run game? Maybe he can't throw all the throws, but he can probably throw enough of them to at least, at least give himself a little bit of breathing room. That's it. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. Look, I, ifs and buts are candy and nuts, every day obviously would be Christmas. I, I, I love the idea of what ifs. It, it's something that's always been – I love the comic book as a kid. I love the TV show that they put together. Can't wait for season two. Here's the thing. Think about this what if. Chubba Purdy's got third and two, a little bit over four and a half minutes from Nebraska's 30 or 33-yard line. They run – we all knew it was going to be quarterback follow or some sort of quarterback sweep. We all knew it was coming. Obviously, Illinois knew it was coming, too. We all knew it was coming. The Saints run it constantly with Taysom Hill, even though people know it's coming. But Taysom Hill is 240 pounds. Okay? That's not what Logan Smothers is. So they were so creative in the first half with their play calling. I wish they would have done something more creative on that third and two. Here's the thing I wonder about. If he converts that, if Logan Smothers converts that third and two in whatever they call, maybe Nebraska goes and gets points, nothing else, they run off another two minutes, and they don't give the ball back to Illinois to mount that drive that Illinois had to end the half. By the way, that drive, 11 plays, 72 yards on that drive. That follows a third and two from Nebraska's 33-yard line. You convert that. Maybe you get another couple first downs. Maybe. Logan scrambles or you get the ball to somebody out of the backfield. or maybe. And by the way, early, Anthony Grant wasn't running that poorly early on when there was the threat of pass or run still, right? So maybe you get the first down there, or one first down or two. Maybe you get to field goal range. If nothing else, you don't give the ball back to Minnesota to where they can have one of these drives. You give it back with over four minutes, they, they, have, they can run the ball, they can throw the ball. Here's what they did on that drive, by the way. They had, first of all, the only negative play they had on the drive was when the touchdown was called back, right, for the block in the back. And that wasn't necessarily negative because it showed you just how open guys can be in the secondary. There were three people wide open on that, on that particular play. They got it to one guy, then it was a block in the back, then they came back and ran. They flipped the field and ran the wheel route they had run to the West Stadium. They ran to the East Stadium for the touchdown. But anyway, so if nothing else, again, you run more time off so they can't do this. They came out and they ran three state runs, three straight runs, 9, 5, and 21. That's th- I believe that's 30, is that, that 35 yards? That's 35 yards, I believe. 
Those three carries for Brown were more than he had in the previous 10 in the game. Okay? So they were controlling him until that drive for the most part, and he had three good runs. Then Illinois went to the pass. DeVito was barely, and we're going to get to the keys that I had before the game. DeVito was barely pressured. According to the stat caster, zero hurries. I charted one hurry, and I, I keep track of all the Havoc numbers. I charted one hurry the whole game. That means for me, when you make the quarterback move and throw because of your pressure. That's how I think of a hurry. If the quarterback's got to move or throw early before he wants to, that's a pressure. So I only had one. They had none. They did account for two sacks. Obviously, one of them wasn't even on DeVito. It was on that double pass they tried. The other one was a great, great schemed rush that they had for Isaac Gifford, where they did a late move, a late stem on a defensive line, Stood two guys up, backed two guys up after standing them up, and the offensive line for Illinois had no idea who was coming, and then Gifford came free off the edge and, and made the sack. Um, so you had, you know, didn't get a lot of pressure on him. The man only had two incompletes the whole game. And by the way, one of the incompletes was on that drive at the end of the half. If, again, what if Logan does convert that, three and, that third and two? Do you think, instead of the score being 20-9, to nine, Say it's just 13 to 9. Or possibly they get a field goal. Nebraska does. It's 13 12 at half. I honestly believe they don't come out with Cheba Purdy then. They come out with Logan Smothers. Because what did Mickey say after the game? He said the main reason why they came out with Purdy was because they needed to throw. Because they were down 11. That's why they did it. That's why they came out with Purdy. If they're not down 11, if they're in a situation where. It's 13-9 or 13-12. Do they then go with Logan's mothers? Because it was so obvious in that second half that they needed to do something other than Purdy. And Purdy was doing a good job of getting out of the pocket when there was no one blocking and at least getting the throw off. But it wasn't accurate or it was that interception he threw after the fumble recovery. Whatever it was, it just wasn't Good enough. Here's what Mickey said. Did you have a chance? Here's what Mickey said about that. Well, we wanted to go Logan because we thought we were going to run some option, and then we figured we had to throw it to get back in it, so we went with Chubb. I, that answer, so Mickey Joseph will tell you that he shoots you straight. He tells you what he thinks, period. He couched that answer, okay? You're down 11 at home, getting the ball first, you're not at a point where you have to worry about having to throw the ball or run the ball. You're not. You're down 11 with the ball coming out in the half. There's 30 minutes left in the game. He did not. They just didn't believe in Logan Smothers. Or Mark Whipple doesn't believe in Logan Smothers, and that's why he didn't start the half. Period. It has nothing to do with being down 11, in my opinion. Nothing to do with it. Because that's too much time. That's a, that's a conversation you have with the offensive coordinator when there's eight minutes left in the fourth quarter and you're down 11. And you're like, we've got to throw now. Okay, that's one. You could easily have come out, run the offense that you can run with Logan Smothers, zone read type of stuff, some RPO kind of things, some quarterback straight run, done it that way, and you put yourself in a situation where you can move the ball better than you move the ball with Chubba Purdy. Now, they did have one efficient drive 
with Chubba Purdy in the second half. One, really. And, of course, it ended in an interception. But I think they could have had more luck, especially with the fact that all week, Illinois worked with the idea that Casey Thompson was quarterback. That he might run, but he wasn't looking to run. And that's how they practiced. That's how they scout teamed. You bring in Logan Smothers, and I know they could have, they probably at halftime said, oh, this guy's going to be the quarterback in the second half. Let's draw some stuff up. But still, they didn't practice it all week. You had a better chance of succeeding with Logan Smothers in there than I think you would have with Chubba Purdy. And, and that's not hindsight 2020 things. I thought that at halftime, I was shocked when I can't remember who first tweeted it. Oh, I remember. It was, it was from Mickey Joseph at halftime when he was speaking with Oscar Sports Network and said they were going to come out with Chubba Purdy. I was surprised. I thought they would give Logan a couple drives based off of he looked okay in the little bit, a couple plays he had at the end of the half, but they didn't do that. We're going to get to the keys and how Nebraska did for those. Let me answer it real quick. Tease poorly. Also, what it meant, what it means for Mickey Joseph in terms of going on as a possible head coach. We'll get into that. We'll look ahead to the schedule as well. As I mentioned, Steve Sippel will join us after around 930 as well. All that coming up here on Severe Reaction on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.